Welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, the latest on shares, markets and investments, now available on your Amazon Alexa. Hello and welcome to the UK Investor Magazine podcast, also available on your Amazon Alexa as a skill. Um, today we'll just touch very briefly on the markets because it is quite a quiet day out there. Um, this is on the back of Theresa May's uh, speech uh, earlier on in the Commons um, after she got back from Brussels last night to announce that the EU had proposed a extension of Brexit until the 31st of October. That takes a lot of pressure off of the Brexit process, but it does raise a number of questions and doesn't go anywhere near resolving the current situation uh, with the impasse in Westminster. So very tepid uh, results there um, when you're looking at the market, uh, particularly the FTSE 100, we're down about 10 points on the day, so very little in the way of movement. Um, today's podcast is going to form a presentation from Daniel Carneo of Onio Future. Um, now, they are a fine wine investment company and they presented at the UK Investor Magazine Investor Evening a couple of weeks ago. Um, it is quite a specialist area. However, companies like Onio Future are making it more accessible to those investors that are looking for um, what has been coined as passion investments. So investments in art, investments in wine, investments in classic cars are becoming more and more popular. Um, and there are an increased number of channels to make investments into those areas. So I'm just going to pass you over to Daniel Carnio. And this is a presentation from the UK Investor Magazine Investor Evening um, on the 28th of March. Right, next up we have Daniel Carnio from Ono oh, the Future. Future. Um, I'm excited about this one because it's all about wine. Um, can't see the samples though, Daniel. <laughs> <laughs> We've already done that. I think everybody will um, hear me fine even if I speak without a microphone. So everybody can hear me alright? Yep. So, no need on microphone. So, well. Uh, here I am. So basically, my name is uh, Daniel Carney. I'm the director of um, director and founder of Oino Future, and uh, uh, basically we invest. We tell you to invest in what uh, what you love. Hopefully, everybody drink wine in here. Hands up, please. Uh, quite a few of you. Good. good. So um, basically, uh, Oino Future is a, a fine wine investment uh, international house. So what we do, we advise private individual on their private collection. So some of our clients are uh, wealthy individuals with a large collection of wine. Some other are just wine uh, investors that are looking to diversify their uh, their assets. So I'll give you a quick introduction introduction about myself, and I'll explain you how I ended up doing fine wine. Apart from the fact that, well, it's kind of obvious. I like I like good wine, so I drink good stuff. So my background is in uh, is in wine. Totally, I'm not. Uh, I don't have a financial background. So uh, I used to be a winemaker. My family has a vineyard in uh, northern Italy, where I grew up. Although I look uh, everything but Italian. Uh, but um, I started when I was a kid to, to live around vineyards and, uh, of course, harvest in Italy. And my family was a big thing, let's say. So. 
over the year the passion and the interest, the curiosity about uh, fine wine, so now to be the possibility of the profession. So I educate myself, I study as a winemaker in the university where I graduate between Italy and uh, Spain and then I did all the courses in uh, sommelier, winemaking and wine tasting here in London and in Italy as well. So I learned quite a bit, I have a lot of experience in different fields without uh, the, the wine industry, but today I'm here to talk about, uh, talk about the fact that wine is an investment product and uh, I know a lot of people think about it, well I drink the stuff, I don't really invest in it, how does it, how does it work? So, well, if you think about it, the investment opportunity started well quite a while ago with uh, with the Romans, where the, they effectively were the first one to identify a certain area uh, where they were growing vines. They were more um, prone to give quality quality wine compared to others. So people were prepared to pay, well, let's say, top dollars back in the days for uh, the product with a certain provenance compared to others. And uh, basically, over the century, fine wine has been enjoyed and consumed all over the world by wealthy individuals. And uh, it was a sophisticated product, it was a product that noblemen and the historic figure like Thomas Jefferson were uh, drinking and collecting. So, for many years, one of the most expensive bottles ever sold was a bottle that was sold um, by Sotheby's from the personal collection of Thomas Jefferson and it was a bottle of Lafitte that uh, reached almost a quarter of a million uh, a quarter of a million pound for a single bottle which is uh, quite a bit so uh, going back to well nowadays basically uh, fine wine for investment purpose uh, account for only a fraction of uh, wine production so we are talking about one percent but although it's a very small fraction, so we are talking about a very, very limited scale compared to the global production of fine wine, what we can see is uh, uh, the business itself accounts for more than uh, $8 trillion every year. So it's uh, quite a large market and it's uh, expansion every year. Forgot to mention, if you have any questions, feel free to interrupt me. I want to keep it kind of interactive as well, so uh, do stop me anytime if you want. So. Um, where are, uh, which one, uh, what are the benefits of uh, wine investment? And uh, I think some of the key benefits of uh, wine investment that attract a lot, of, uh, a lot of people for sure is the fact that it has a pretty good track record over the year for a solid return. We are talking about an average of 10 to 12 percent every year um, per annum basically. And um, this is a return that we see over a spectrum of wine, over an average let's say. Uh, to some wine. Another major uh, benefit that uh, uh, we heard some company was a tax benefit before and in this case uh, you have a tax benefit in terms of investing in fine wine as well because it's considered a wasting asset. What does it mean? It means that he has a shelf life of less than 50 years therefore the government doesn't put tax on it so if you are uh, if you're buying a collection of wine it's very likely that it's uh, going to be tax-free what you make out of it when you sell it out basically. Another great thing that we're going to well, touch, uh, touch in, during the presentation later on as well is the fact that it's not correlated with uh, the global market. So basically, uh, one is very simple market. It's just dictated uh, by supply and demand. So what does it mean? I produce a thousand bottles. If I drink 900 bottles and the request is huge, 
the 100 bottle left over, they're going to increase in price. So very simple, normally. And uh, the fact is, as Napoleon used to say, I drink wine to celebrate my victories and I drink wine to console myself during my defeat. So, well, there's always a good opportunity for crack opening a nice bottle of wine. Uh, another benefit is the fact that it's a tangible asset. So literally, what we are doing when we are investing in wine is uh, we are not buying shares of a company, we are not investing in something that is not physical. Physical. We are actually buying a collection of bottles. So literally, what we, what we become as an investor, we become collector. So we can uh, literally take advantage of the fact that we have a wine and we can even decide to drink it, which, well, it, it depends. You might do it, some of our clients do, but don't drink your own investment in case. Potential to liquidate at any time, pass me the kind of liquid, uh, liquid term. In this case, wine is, uh, is a very liquid product in the sense that the production is extremely limited. So we are talking about, in some cases, a uh, few thousand bottles, in other cases, uh, 10,000 bottles, but always a limited, uh, limited production by law and by nature. In order to make quality wine, what you need to do, you need to restrict the yields. So if you want to make a lot of wine, well, it's not going to be great quality. So in this, in this sense, basically what is, uh, what is happening is the product that we have in the market is uh, very much requested by collector, by wealthy individual, by wine merchant and uh, restaurant all over the world. So me as an investor, I'm able to put in the market anytime my wine collection and I'm uh, very, uh, very sure that a lot of people will, uh, will take it, will buy and uh, wealthy individual will even drink it sooner. <coughs> Another important factor is that uh, we have a personal ownership of the wine, so um, I think everybody understands the risk that you have when you're investing in a company. You're just putting your trust, your faith in something that is not controlled by yourself. And in this case, what you can do is you can buy cases of wine and you can have the ownership. So, for instance, some of, uh, some of the companies out there, like, uh, like in the future, what they do is they deliver the case of wine to you and uh, then you hold the investment. So touching wood, something happened to my company, to other company, you have the product, you have the investment, so you're safe and sound, let's say, if something happened to the company, and then you can go and liquidate it. There are many companies that deal with wine anyway. Another good thing about uh, investing in wine is the fact that it's, uh, you don't pay VAT. Uh, this is very important, we're going to touch base on it uh, later on during the presentation. The fact is, we don't recommend to store the, uh, the product at home. We recommend it to store it in a bonded warehouse, where basically you don't pay VAT and you don't pay duties. So in that, imagine like, it's like almost like your safety box, where you, instead of storing your jewelry or a particularly valuable um, item, you store a bottle of wine that are kept at perfect temperature for uh, temperature and condition for maturation. So in that, you have a benefit that literally what you pay when you invest in wine, when you purchase a bottle of wine, is just the price of the bottle, not the VAT or duties. When you sell it out, you sell it in the same condition. So you don't have to add VAT or duty, you just sell the bottle itself and you can take advantage of the, of the profit that you make out of it. Uh, the investment is fully insured and marketplace. This is very important and uh, we're talking about fine wine, I'm sure. Uh, many, of you is, uh, many of you know that wine is kind of a live product, it matures over time, it changes condition if it's not kept in, perfect, uh, in a perfect environment for maturation, which means a cool plate with no sunlight, uh, with no uh, variation in the, in the temperature. So it's very important to keep the quality of, uh, of this product. And 
for, uh, for this particular reason, it's important to have a very strong insurance to make sure that if something happened to the wine, somebody dropped a case and they smash all my bottles, well, in this case, your product is insured at market price. So even if it happens after 10 years that you have this case, you can claim it from the insurance and you get every penny, like if you sell the wine piece. It's a low-risk investment. Well, for many of these reasons, it makes it a low-risk investment. So the fact that it's liquid, the fact that we have a very solid track record on the, on the bottle, the fact that it's not just ourselves that they preach that particular bottle of wine is popular, is famous, but many people in the wine industry tell you that. Basically, it makes it a very solid investment with a uh, well, very good track record. And the fact is, there is an increase in global demand. Just think about uh, the Asian market. Just to give you a statistic, um, I'm sure many people appreciate that, uh, Chinese uh, consumption per capita is of uh, one liter per uh, person per year, which is very little compared to other countries where they consume 36 or 42 liters per year. If they double the consumption, well, basically, the global production of wine would move to China. And at this moment, a lot of people uh, in China are prepared to spend top dollars to pay for a bottle of wine. It was an interesting stat last year, 75% of the people consuming wine in Asia, they were prepared to spend more than $250 for a bottle of wine. This shows basically that people are interested in purchasing fine wine and that they're actually already doing it. So, an important factor this, uh, that everybody, I think, is uh, here is very curious about it is, uh, well, I guess everybody knows it here, Brexit. So um, I mentioned before that one of the benefits uh, about wine investment is the fact that it's not correlated to any other market. And uh, in this case, what is, uh, what is happening out there in the global economy is a lot of volatility. I mean, the pound is going up and down and uh, there is uh, a lot of uncertainty. So um, wine is an alternative asset. For me and in the company, our ethos is not put your money into wine because wine is great. I mean, that's a poor advice. You don't put all your money in one basket, all your eggs in one basket. What you do, you diversify. In this case, this graph shows what happened when Brexit was announced in uh, uh, June 2016. Just before Brexit, a lot of people were moving out of their traditional assets, diversifying their personal finance, and moving into wine. So everything kind of spiked, uh, spiked up. And uh, it was a positive moment, and there was a positive correlation into, into the wine industry, because what we saw literally was everything was growing, and a lot of attention, and a lot of attraction for investors moving to a safe haven that in case wasn't correlated to anything else, anything global, because the production of fine wine, we, were, we are literally talking about less than 1%. People are still going to consume it, maybe not, not this much in this country if you go into a recession, but um, China, uh, US, Asia anyway, they're going to drink a lot of the fine wine that uh, the EU people can invest on. So in this case, what we see is literally a po very positive correlation with Brexit. So, uh, was it a single occasion? Is the market basically uh, positively performing just during Brexit? Well, this is your answer. So this is a chart that takes the performance of. I wouldn't play. I wouldn't play easy. I just didn't want to put the top wine like Domaine de la Romane Conti or the Lafitte of the situation, which they can show a thousand or two thousand percent. I thought it was too easy. So I give you an indication of. Uh, 
Italian, Californian wine and the rest of the world that, that is basically Portugal, Spain, Australia and a bit of California as well. This chart is taken from Livex, which is basically the stock market for wine and uh, in this you can see the performance of the wine, what it's doing and uh, the tendency of increasing, of a steady increase is uh, almost a uh, positively continuing to go up. One is not the asset that, like stock market, then it's going to double your money overnight. I mean, it's not the case. But it's the product that when you make your money over stock, shares, or in any other investment, <coughs> you can take out some of it, park it into wine, and then it's going to be your safe haven. Where you, let's say, the cash that you put under the mattress, now you don't have to worry about the pound being smashed over the euro in this sense. Is a bit uh, is a bit easier. So you see that it wasn't just a one-off, but the wine continued to perform very well. Very interestingly, is uh, the California market. What is doing is the an amazing growth, and uh, our company is uh, very much interested nowadays uh, promoting <coughs> and offering investment opportunity in California wine as well. It's uh, very much appreciated, and uh, we can discuss about it as an investment strategy that is a bit more flexible compared to other. So with uh, uh, this chart is taken basically from the Knight Franklin uh, alternative uh, alternative asset, and we can see that some of the best alternative assets include fine wine. So over a period of 12 months, actually fine wine is one uh, the best performing uh, alternative asset with a uh, 25% growth, and over a period of five to ten years, it's one of the best performing assets after classic car. Um, the difference between classic car and wine, uh, while well, starting to invest in wine, you can start with uh, 5 to 10k. Classic car, they might cost a bit more than that. But as you can see, it's, uh, the way we consider it is an alternative. I mean, we always suggest to people to look for uh, different things, not just with wine. I mean, uh, <laughs> wine should be something to include in the portfolio. If we were having this presentation probably 10, 15 years ago, I would uh, talk in a very different way about fine wine, just because uh, back then it was, a, it was a product, it was an asset dedicated to very sophisticated investor, very wealthy individual that were prepared to spend a lot of money for an extravagant lifestyle. Nowadays, it's almost not an alternative, it's kind of a necessity, because we're uh, question, where do you put your money if you want to diversify, if you want to keep it in a safe place? If you have an alternative, please feel free to tell me, I'm an investor myself. So, what does it take for uh, a wine to be an investment? This is quite important because, uh, I mean, many of us they drink wine, but why certain wine are an investment and certain other wine are not an investment? So, here's a bit uh, uh, resume of the ingredient, let's say, that makes a uh, a wine, an investment product, compared to a normal wine that can be a wine that we consume every day. So one of the reasons, for sure, is the prestige of the estate, so the popularity of uh, the brand, let's say, over a period of time, not just a brand that can be massively popular, uh, like the one that you see in an off-license market, but a brand that it can be there for 200, 300 years and be consumed all over the world. Then, a very important thing is the number of bottles produced. If you are discussing about a million and million of bottles, probably the demand is not, is going to be almost not as high as the production. In that sense, what is happening is there's not going to be an increase in value. But when we are talking about a very limited production, in that case, the demand is much bigger, and then when some of the bottles are consumed, the leftover is going to increase in price. 
Then another thing that is very important is that I'm not the only one tasting the wine and saying that it's a great product for investment. What you need to look of when you, when you think about buying a bottle for investment, you need to check the score from the critic. So basically it's a group of individuals that you might have heard of, Robert Parker or Genesis Robinson, they are very famous. And what they do basically, they taste the bottle, they taste a particular wine, and they give a scoring from, uh, can be from 0 to 100 or from 0 to 20, it depends. And uh, the highest the number, the better is the wine, basically. So what we, what we can see is that the top performing wine, the best investment product, is some of the higher end of these scoring points. So what you need to make sure is that you're not buying a wine that is a 73, 74 or 65 point, but you need to make sure that you're buying something that is 90 points above. An important thing when you are investing in wine is the fact that the wine needs to mature over time. You cannot keep something that is going to deteriorate over a couple of months. In that sense, there's no point because it's not going to increase in price. You need to make sure that, and I'll give you a small tip basically, a um, very easy strategy for investing in wine is buy some wine when it's young, when it's just entered the market, and when it's cheap, and then let it mature for two, three, four, five years, or ten years, or even more in some cases, and then when you sell it, you have a very good return. So in that case, it's not rocket science, you see, it's quite simple. But if you make sure that you have all the different attributes and the wine mature very well, in that case, you're gonna probably have a very good investment. An important factor that we just mentioned, it, it was the liquidity in the market. Again, the fact that if you are buying a bottle, you need to make sure that somebody else is gonna buy after you. Otherwise, the only solution that you have, which is not too bad, is gonna drink the wine. I mean, you still end up okay in many cases. But what, we, what you need to make sure when you choose the investment, even when, we, when I, uh, my buying strategy, for instance, is almost like backward, I make sure that there is interest from the market, from my partners that are distributing wine all over the world, I make sure that there is a request for a certain product, and then what I do, I go back to the source and I buy, cutting all the middlemen, basically. So we are very competitive in terms of pricing. Then the provenance. This, will go, this is a very important factor that for uh, many people that don't really know wine is kind of complicated to understand, but we will talk about it uh, later on during the presentation. And it's basically where the wine has been stored. So to give you a, a brief example, I was talking to one of the distributor of uh, one of the most important and prestigious chateaus in France, in Bordeaux. And uh, when he told me the price that he was making directly, buying directly from the producer, the producer, they were selling basically the wine that was more expensive than London market. The fact is, in London, the product can have uh, literally travel all over the world and you're not sure what is happening. With uh, buying directly from the producer, you are sure of the provenance and that's a very important parameter. So when you buy a bottle of wine, ask where it's being stored. So don't buy just from a person that might have kept it over the fireplace just to show it to a friend. <coughs> Just to give you an idea of why some brands are more popular than others, I don't know if anybody recognized this picture, this is Chateau Margaux in Bordeaux, one of the most famous estates. And just to name other top wine, Chateau Latour, Chateau Mouton Rothschild and Lafitte Rothschild on the bottom. Yes sir. Are those returns after storage costs? <coughs> What are, what are the storage costs? Uh, the storage costs are quite, uh, quite, quite affordable. Normally you're talking about one pound per bottle per year. Uh, in some cases fully insured, in some cases, like in our case, we do cover the insurance for our client. So if you consider that over a 10% uh, return and the fact that you are investing in a bottle that are around 100 pound, well, it's pretty, pretty economic, let's say. 
quite affordable. So this just some images of top estate <coughs> that produce, in this case, almost like a blue chip wine, wine that are very, very much exchanged and bought by everybody. So this is a, the important factor that we were talking that we just mentioned about the storage. You need to make sure that everything is stored in a bonded warehouse. You see a picture of Vinotech where we, we are a client and we store it ourselves. What we advise to give security to our client is not to store it under our company, is to open an independent uh, bonded warehouse account where they can take advantage of the fact that they own the wine. They can drink it, some of my clients do actually, and uh, well, they don't let me know immediately. Um, but the fact is, it's their wine and it's kept in perfect condition in their original boxes. So when you sell it, literally, they take a box from a shelf and they can move it to another shelf. So it's very easy and working with some of the biggest companies in Europe, uh, you are basically making sure that you don't even have cost for transporting the wine all over the world. It's just there from one place to the other. So it's very competitive, very affordable in terms of the storage and the quality of it are literally amazing. <coughs> Well, how does it work? So uh, this is just a brief explanation of uh, how the investment works. If, uh, if you understand the benefit of wine and if you think that it's a product that basically can fit your portfolio of investment, uh, what you need to do, you need to discuss your strategy with your portfolio manager and agree a selection of wine. Because you are basically becoming a collector, so literally you need to choose, you need to choose with uh, your advisor what cases are you going to buy or what bottle are you going to buy. Then the second thing to do is after you have agreed and bought the wine is to open a bonded warehouse account where you need to make sure that you control your investment so it's not due to somebody else to tell you what is going on with the wine when you're going to sell it. They can advise but it's you at the end of the day that is so going to decide. Yes sir? Uh, what would you call yourself? Are you a portfolio manager? Uh, well yeah, in my case I'm uh, more of a wine buyer. I do the fun part because I choose the wine as well. Yeah, I am. Portfolio yeah, yeah, portfolio manager basically you can have an advisor or somebody that can help you out. I can uh, guide you through the, your selection and uh, I can give you advice basically. So in that case it can be a portfolio, it can be a, co a collection. So in that case I give you an advice. Portfolio manager are the person that basically can follow you directly. I cannot follow just a thousand and thousand of people so I have people working with me that are my portfolio manager. That you can meet on the other room later on as well if you want. Question about liquidity. Yes. It's Oh, absolutely, it's one of the most important factors. Yes, yeah, so I was quite surprised to hear that it is quite a liquid yeah. investment. If I bought, for example, £10,000 crate of wine, mm -hmm. and two years down the line I wanted to sell it, how would I go about doing that? Well, uh, if, uh, if you have uh, some of my clients have a collection <laughs> that are 10000 others they have uh, much more than that. So it does depend. What you need to make sure, you need to make sure that your buying brands are actually very much requested by, uh, by the industry. Take the, the estate that you just sold, for example. If you have a case of Lafitte, you can sell it like this, literally. It takes no time because a lot of people are requesting the product. So it's very much traded, literally, in, uh, in line with the platform that I showed you before and I'm going to show you later on. It's, it's sell almost on a daily basis. It's not, as, uh, it's not as liquid as the stock market where you can sell it by the second, but uh, wine price doesn't fluctuate that much. So it's much slower market. So it doesn't double the money overnight, but you have the security that you don't lose your money after a couple of months as well. So you have it there and it, uh, it's a steady growth, basically. So 
how much of trading activity do you see on your platform and what's the sort of average time? Um, normally, let's say for a portfolio of uh, average size, something that can be less than uh, small to uh, medium, let's say 10 to 20,000 pounds, we can take a week to liquidate, uh, to liquidate everything. When it's bigger, we can take a bit more time and we can advise certainly to liquidate, uh, to create an exit strategy because we want to find basically the best exit for you. So in that case, if you have, um, I don't know, a hundred thousand pound invested, we might break it down in a couple of months for a bit more sometimes as well. It depends on you. I mean, rush normally is not a good thing, speeding things up because then the return in is not might be great. But in many cases, literally planning everything ahead, it, uh, it turned out to be a very good solution. There was a question. Yes, sir. Yeah, the um, charts you did. Yes. Graphs. Mm -hmm. Are they based on the UK market? Or uh, no, it's global. Or? No, it's global market. Uh, Livex literally is a stock. Uh, is a company that is based here in London. They are based in Battersea actually. And uh, what they do is they have um, they take the trade made by 600 of the biggest uh, wine merchants globally, and they take the prices, they take the average, and they give you the uh, the value of the, basically the, either the different indexes or uh, the uh, a particular wine. I'm going to show you one specific later. Because it must fluctuate quite dramatically as uh, the pound, the pound has dropped in value. No, and no. the dollar has gone up. So if it's in American dollars, yeah, not really. To it, be fair, then that can outprice. No, the, the beautiful thing about wine is uh, the fact that well, it's not a regulated market, but it doesn't fluctuate that much with uh, with currency, especially certain wine. You, what they, what they try to do basically, imagine if you are a wine producer, what you want to have, you want to have certain amount of bottle all over the world. So in that, you're spreading around everything directly from the winery. I mean, there's no winery that's going to sell all this product in one country. Just they don't do it because they want the re global recognition. That's the that's point. So when you do that, basically, you are spreading the risk of, around also of the currency. So in that sense, we, we don't really see even ourselves a lot of fluctuation in the market. And <coughs> literally, what we can take advantage of is the fact that, for instance, in London is a very competitive market. So normally, we, uh, we're buying our investors are buying quite cheap and they're selling the wine when it's uh, quite expensive and we can sell it in a nation market for instance where I can make uh, well, a very good return even with a premium on top of uh, 10 to 12 percent let's say. Other, other question? So well let's get to the other point basically it is quite straightforward is wait for the transfer of your wine so literally again <laughs> you are uh, the person that hold the wine and uh, then wait to hear from your portfolio manager about the performance of, uh, of the wine until you sell it and then you can decide to reinvest or to exit the market basically. Uh, this is a chart for instance of the wine that we recommended over the year and uh, shows the performance of a Spanish wine from Rioja. So you can see that in uh, around the period of five years time, it did a 77% return, which is a quite solid performance. And uh, the volatility that you don't see is not, is not that great, apart from this spike up, which is a, well, it's an imperfection of the chart, let's say. But it does, it does offer a, a kind of a continuous growth with the solid performance. So why us? Well, I'm gonna let you read basically this part because uh, well, we can uh, we can talk about many things that make us different from uh, from other uh, other companies, and basically we are just in the middle between two entities, a wine investment company and a wine merchant, in the sense that we are a wine merchant because we have direct contact with people in the industry, wine producer, and uh, we are able to source the wine from uh, uh, directly from the source, actually. 
but we are uh, we are in the kind of a middle because we offer as well a kind of a financial aspect of the flexibility and management of the portfolio for our clients. So literally, we have uh, an innovative look. That's hence the name uh, future on the management of the portfolio and uh, you can read all the benefit the tailor-made portfolio the straightforward liquidation process but for me the biggest thing the biggest uh, the most important thing that make us different is the fact that we ask one question and when we explain all the benefit and when you tell me look Daniel I appreciate the benefit about wine investment is great I want to jump on board then what we do is we ask one question which is why you invest in what do you want to achieve and that's what it makes us different because when we ask that basically we create a strategy for you we don't sell you just a wine that uh, is uh, the lafitte of the situation or another great wine but we tailor make the investment and the selection on your goal so we utilize the uh, wine to eat this performance and to uh, literally satisfy your expectation and to overachieve in many cases so in that, I'm going to conclude just showing you some of our partners and the, pers uh, the companies that we work with. We are a very proud member of the Wine and Spirit Trade Association, which is a very important uh, board of company here in England for, the, uh, uh, for basically the distribution and uh, the handling of uh, wine and spirits. And uh, other companies that we work with, we are part with uh, London City Bond, Vinotech, which is the bond warehouse where we store our, our wine and many other, including UK investors. And thank you for, uh, thank you for having us. And uh, well, if you have any question, otherwise I will leave it to my next person. <laughs>